This is Birth Confidential with TJ. Thanks for checking out this episode of Birth Confidential. This, unfortunately, has crappy microphone audio on my part because I had a new setup and wasn't able to hear the correct levels beforehand, so bear with me. It'll be worked out the next episode. I feel like it's such amateur hour. This is literally what I do for work. But this story is Heather's who had the idea of a perfect birth, the perfect plan. And as they say when it comes to birth, prepare to be unprepared. And if you like this podcast, please, as always, rate and review. It helps other people find the podcast, too. We've been married coming up on 13 years in September. Uh, We met in Colorado Springs. And I was Greg's massage therapist. Yeah, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Taboo. He went to uh, my brother's chiropractic office. And I was working there uh, doing massage therapy part-time because I was doing it at the Broadmoor as well. And the girls up front were like, Greg, you really need to have a massage. I think they were trying to hook us up. Yeah. Um, And so we would chat and stuff like that during the massage. And, And one time he came out and I was on my phone. He goes you never text me. I said, well, you never gave me your number. And so it was just this awkward moment. We we're both like, uh, that was weird. <laughs> so we just kind of dropped it. And then uh, I added him on MySpace. Oh my gosh. MySpace. Was he like your top four friend? Oh, I'm sure. Like we had music and the whole nine yards. Cute. Um, You've got like your song of the day is you found out <laughs> I got a crush on you. Exactly. So uh, he invited me to go to, I don't know if you have heard of them, but it's the Cystic Fibrosis 65 Roses dinner. Oh, no, I don't uh, know. So people who have kids who have cystic fibrosis uh they can't say that so it sounds like 65 roses so they call it that yeah so it was a wine dinner he's like do you like wine and I was like uh duh (laughs) so that was our first date and it was all history after that we were engaged for 14 months um got married in 08 and we never said we weren't gonna try but we weren't like eager to try right away we were just like super excited we didn't have to use any contraceptives yeah because it was okay if we got pregnant (laughs) yeah Um, and then like as time went on we were like it's not happening you know or it would happen and then I would miscarry which happened two or three times before we got pregnant and then when we were in South Carolina at some point we just kind of got serious because we were like okay we're getting older and if we don't like we might miss miss the ship you know what I mean? At any point after you had miscarried two or three times, were you like thinking something was wrong? Yeah. So that was all when we lived in Salt Lake City and I had a terrible OBGYN. I mean, number really? one, oh, it was horrible. And Mine in Salt Lake City was my favorite OB uh, ever in the history of life. I was obsessed I, with her. I went on to have one in Salt Lake City that I love, but yeah, I stuck with him for so long and I don't know why he was just, he was terrible. What did um, you like about him? He was just, he was rude and he would say things like, you know, if this doesn't work, I'm not going to try this again. As if it was his body. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. The front office would say rude things like, um, oh, I don't know where your file is. Oh, it's over here. It's with the problem files. (gasps) Like rude things. Stop it. Yeah. And I don't know why I stuck with him for so long. Um, But at one point he said to me, it's been a long time. So they were, they were looking into um something I can't remember but they 
they did like an ultrasound where they looked at your uterus or, um, you know, they looked at something and normally they fill it with like a, like a dye or um, a liquid. Mm-hmm. And the guy goes, I don't even need to fill it with anything. I can tell you right now that there's something in your uterus. He goes, so you're going to need surgery to remove it. So at that point I said, well, I kind of want to get a second opinion because I can't stand this doctor. And so I found a really great doctor um, at St. Mark's and it was a female and I loved her. And she kind of said the same thing, but she was a much uh, better doctor. And so she, she said, we're going to go in and remove them. But for first I had to have a leap done, which mm-hmm. is a scraping of like all your cervical cells. Mm-hmm. So she did the leap and then we went in and, and she took out two huge polyps that were like two golf ball sizes and they were perfectly placed right where the fallopian tubes come in and sitting right there. So it certainly could have been. Is it cancerous or is it a pre-cancer? I think they test them. So the leap certainly was because of uh, cancerous cells Mm -hmm. and they have like levels that they can get to. So mine was at the the furthest level before it's in the cervix. So they scraped all that. And then I'm sure they did a biopsy on the polyps, but nothing was, was cancerous. No news is good news. Right. So yeah, they took those out and that was right before we moved to South Carolina. So she took them out and we were like, okay, like we're going to try see where we get. And when we were in South Carolina, nothing was happening. So you all got married in, you said 20... 2008. 2008. So when all of this was happening, what year? We moved to South Carolina in 2014. Oh, so that was all going on for six to seven years. That's a long time. When I went to the new doctor, she looked at all the stuff from the gentleman who I was with before and I had miscarried and he saw things and he would highlight them, but he never mentioned it to me. So he saw the polyps, but he never said anything. So I never had any clue that, you know, that could be, could be going on. Yeah. Because that would give you at least peace of mind to know that there is something going on. Yeah, I know. Two times I got pregnant while I was his patient. You know, he would have me come in at, you know, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, and just test my blood. And every single time it was like, oh, it's going down. It's going down. Your HCG is just going down, going down. So that was really, really frustrating for me. Um, Oh my gosh. That is so sad. I'm sorry. What a shitty doctor. I know. He really, really was. He was pretty, (laughs) pretty horrible. Um, Straw that broke the camel's back was my second miscarriage with him. Greg had been in there with me times before he'd met him he knew that we were married he knew that we you know wanted kids da 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 and he was doctor on call when I miscarried the first time and so his nurse called and she said you know these are the results you know it's it's definitely a miscarry um and then she said but the doctor said if if you're done having kids we could go move move ahead with a hysterectomy no yeah and I mean I was like 34 I was gonna say you're young 30s yeah and so I, I said you know what I'm going to have you prepare all of my records. You can consider me an ex-patient and I will come and get all of those because I can't believe you even just said that to me. That's crazy. Like after Nilly's birth, I was like, I just want a hysterectomy. Can you just like take out my parts? I don't want another baby. I don't ever want to do that again. Like just take them out. And even my OB was like, you're too young. Like I would, I wouldn't do that to you because right. you do not want to go into menopause. It, the hormonal like, issues. Yeah, she's like, you don't want that right now. You're too young. And I was like, well, first of all, thank you for saying I'm too young. But I was like, crap. I know. And I never really cared about having a male doctor. Cause I was just didn't want to be, you know, here I was a massage therapist at, at points in my life. And I hated when people said, Oh, I don't want to massage you with a girl or a guy or whatever. 
but now I definitely am like a female just because of that. Yeah. Well, I never wanted a male doctor and this sucks because this happened when I was in high school and a friend of mine was sitting at lunch with us and he was talking about another friend, a mutual friend that was a kid that was older, whose dad was a gynecologist Mm -hmm. and they were telling stories about women that would come into the office because the dad was obviously telling like the son and the son relayed those stories or the dad was telling the son and his friends and so they were all talking about the patients that would come in and like laugh about it make fun of them and stuff and I was like I will never go to a male doctor and at the time I'm like what am I 15 16 years old and so I don't I don't know at the time that like obviously not every doctor is like this but I'm new to going to gynecologists at this point and immediately I told my mom I was like I will only see a female for the rest of my life because I do not want some dude going back and gossiping about my JJ yeah that's I mean you don't think a female would do that because number one she's got one it's like yeah and nobody cares right yeah yeah we uh, looked into infertility, like doing artificial insemination. They were going to take our blood and my blood and then figure out when I was ovulating perfectly. And then I had 24 hours to get to Charleston, South Carolina from Columbia, which is like a little over an hour. And they would have his sperm and they would in- insert it for me. And this was like in, I'd say maybe June or July of 2015. And so they said, well, you know, we're good to go. Like whenever you want to do this. And so I said, okay. And asked how much it was going to cost. It was close to 3000. And I said, okay, well, that's our deductible. So I, we're going to have to pay it anyways. If we get yeah. pregnant, no big deal. So I told Greg, I was thinking one night and I go, well, if we do that, then in January, we have to pay it again because it's mm. a new year yep. and the baby won't be born. I said, so maybe we should wait until January and then we'd only have to pay the deductible once. So he's like, okay, that's cool. And I said, we'll just take kind of the fall off. And and so then September, I remember I had a uh, bridal shower at my house. And it was like a sex toy, like the slumber, whatever that, whatever that is. So I had that. So I had some wine. And I knew that I was a little late, like a day or two. So I said, well, I'll take a... <laughs> you were going to be like, so I went shopping. No. And that night I was like, look at all these toys I got. <laughs> No, no, not that at all. But I did get some toys because it was at my house. So that morning I took a pregnancy test and it came back positive. Wow. And I was like, what? I was that person online that was like, I'd circle it and I'd post a picture and like, am I really seeing a plus here? Or am I, I've, for eight years I've looked at it and it's like, (laughs) I think I'm imagining it. Girls were like, no, 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 that's definitely a positive. But I'd had so many positives come back before, you know what I mean? That I yeah. didn't even, eventually, my, my period would just then come. You know what I mean? It wasn't even like a true miscarriage. But I'd had two before that were like at, I don't know, eight to nine weeks. So I was like, the next day I'd take another one. And the next day I'd take another one. And the, and the plus was getting darker and darker and darker, which had never happened before. And I was so scared to go to the doctor because I didn't want them to take my blood because I'd always had, you know, oh, eh, you know, and it would just like tank from there. Yeah. Like this is your starting point where it's supposed to double and double and double. Yeah. And mine never did. So I told Greg, I'm just not, I'm not even going to go. Like, I don't even care. Like, I'm just not going to go until like seven weeks or something, you know? Did you know the date of conception? Yes, I do. And it's our anniversary. It was 9-13. You're like thinking back. You're like, is this possible? Yeah, I know. And because we went to Charleston 
for our anniversary. And that was the day. So, um, yeah, I do remember. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that for a while, but it, it was that, that night. So yeah, we were just in shock. Like it was just crazy. There was no like reveal or anything like that. Cause Greg was in the bathroom when I took the pregnancy test or I'm sorry, he was laying in bed and then I brought it out and he's like, what does it say? What does it say? So, I mean, we were both kind of in on it, but just shocked and, uh, and amazed. And I just was waiting for the bad news. You know, yeah. I was, I was mm-hmm. waiting for that to happen. And so I didn't want to go anywhere and talk to anybody. I just wanted to enjoy it for what it was at that point. Yeah. So how long until you went to the doctor? Went to the doctor at maybe like seven weeks. Greg was there and we went in and I just, I remember going in and, and knowing in my mind, like what I'm probably going to hear, you know, that so you're going in expecting bad news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That it's not, you know, a viable heart rate or that it's my numbers just aren't high enough or mm-hmm. something, you know, cause that's all I'd ever heard. Right. So at that point, it's not an ultrasound because it's too small. So I think they just do like the Doppler. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, like measuring right at seven weeks. Great heart rate, like looks great. Measure like just like perfect as if I'd had 500 babies before. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, I'm just like in shock and awe. So Aww. we decide not to say anything to anybody. Yeah. Until nine weeks, we were going to tell our parents. And then at 11 weeks we were going to announce. I had to tell a girlfriend that I was working. I had to tell a couple people. I had to tell my boss because I was working at, at a restaurant on the lake and he would spray Raid like it was perfume. Yeah. And so I told him, I said, Greg, you and his name's Greg too. I said, you can't do that. I can't come to work and smell Raid all the time. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry, I, I can't. I got to kill the flies. And I was like, I'm pregnant. And he's like, oh, <laughs> Okay, I won't spray the raid on the mornings that you work. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> and we also had a flood at that time, right when I got pregnant, South Carolina flooded. So our water was non-potable. So they shut off the water. So my OBGYN's like, I wouldn't take a shower without water, you know, because you could get an infection. So I was like, oh my oh, gosh. gosh, I know. So I had to take a, sh- <laughs> I had to take a shower to go to work. So I'm one of my girlfriends. I was like, her water was not shut off to the different part of the city. So I was like, can I come shower at your house? She's like, yeah, why? I'm pregnant. <laughs> so she was like, oh my God. So yeah, she was really the only person other than my boss and Greg who knew until nine weeks. And then we told our parents, I wanted them to know right away. So we went to the doctor, we had a sonogram and then right, like I wanted to make sure that nine week appointment was good to go. Mm-hmm. And when it was, I had this cute little scroll put together. I'd made it in a little box with a little birdie. And of course, I'm in South Carolina and my parents live in San Diego at the time. Mm-hmm. And I wanted them to have it so bad. So I overnighted it, cost me $35. Oh my God. <laughs> I'll never forget my dad. He was so mad. He was like, why on earth would you pay $35 to have whatever's in this box sent. And I was like, dad, just open it. Like, just open it. So they did, they unrolled it and it, you know, they were like, ah, cute. And then Greg's parents, you know, they were super excited. We did something similar for them. And then we told the world on Thanksgiving, which was 11 weeks. So at that point, are you feeling good and you're excited and or are you still like cautiously optimistic? I was cautiously optimistic until the moment I held that child in my hands. I mean, I was so terrified. I remember crying on Christmas when parents and people were sending us gifts for him. 
I had this, not, not like an innate feeling. I didn't feel like something was going to go wrong, but I felt bad that if something went wrong, these people had bought me something, you Aww, know, like, yeah. I know my mom bought me like a Winnie the Pooh and a Dumbo. And I was like, I just, I, I just wanted that baby to have, have those things, you know? And yeah. I was, I was still so scared. I'd look at the stroller in the crib and, and wonder if a baby would actually ever be in those things. It's this crazy hormonal, like, but also having been through that or having heard of people go through that, like, you know, you just know that it's, it's such a miracle when it actually all yeah. comes to fruition. And you have a healthy, beautiful baby, like going through it, people were just like, well, this could go wrong. This gene could go wrong. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, so much stuff could happen. It has to be a perfect storm of everything to have this healthy Great. baby. I looked up what are the odds of being born? at one point in my life, like what, just what are the odds? You know what I mean? That we're all here. People who'd done this study or whatever said that it was um, equivalent to every single person in San Diego County rolling six dice and getting the exact same combination. Every single person. Wow. That is the same statistic as you being born. (laughs) Yeah, you would think with all these people, you're like, it's just so easy. There's yeah, like people everywhere. Popping babies out. It's truly amazing. It really, wow. really is. So, yeah, we were just over the moon and super cautious and uh, terrified. It was the same time Zika happened. Oh, God, Zika. I forgot about that. So yes. we, uh, we screened in a porch because uh, yep. uh, we were in South Carolina. Yeah. And yep. I tried to throw caution to the wind. I went to a, uh, a horse derby. Uh, with one of my girlfriends. And I remember when I got home, my mom was like, did you get that? Like, and I was like, I got a few of them. She's like, Heather. And I was like, oh my God, I gave the baby Zika. I mean, it was just a hot mess. No, I totally forgot about Zika. So not only do you have to like hope that everything goes well when making a human being inside your body, but now you've got outside factors too. Yeah. Yeah. Like things I could not control. And here I'm, you know, middle of the summer. This is where the birth story goes really weird. I was only going to go to the doctor up to 20 weeks. So I was never going to continue on with the doctor because I was having the baby at home. Oh. And so the doctor won't see you beyond 20 weeks if you're planning on a home birth because then you're going to go see the midwife because otherwise they have you pay for your delivery. You know what I mean? And of course they try to get you to plan it in the whole nine yards. And so that's not the route we wanted to go. I wanted it to be very natural. If you decide you're going to do a home birth, that means no more ultrasounds for the rest of the time. Yep. Or I never had another ultrasound until, until he, he was born. Did that not freak you out? It did a little bit, but I also knew that the ultrasounds aren't that great for the yeah. baby. Um, and on a molecular level, you know, they're just build the building blocks. And, and so it, it just, there's disturbances there. And so I didn't want to keep doing them being a high risk. Um, cause I was over 35 yeah. and wanted me to come in all the time. What they called and- is a geriatric pregnancy. I, I know. Me, they told me that. And I was like, Holy shit. I just aged 50 years. Yeah. I was like, like I am not geriatric. Like geriatrics, 92. Like what? <laughs> I, know. I was like, can we change this to something else? Like a seasoned pregnancy? Yeah, I know. I know. Cougar pregnancy. <laughs> like, can it be something sexy? I was real sad about that. But I did see the midwife, you know, and she would, t- she would do the fundal height, mm-hmm. which is like your height, you know, from the top of the top of the belly down to the bottom. 
Um, so she would do that. She would feel for, you know, his movements and where he was and um, the amniotic fluid. And, you know, she would check all of those things just from palpitation. So, yeah, I felt really good. Um, she had a uh, doula that worked with her. Yeah. Everything was great. Like we had the whole house set up, the, the water. Does insurance cover that? So mm-hmm. how much does that cost? It's honestly not that much. It was like $3,000. Oh, wow. I mean, that's probably equivalent to, if not yeah, less well, than what we the, paid. So yeah, I had affirmations all over the room. Uh, we had the Pitocin in the refrigerator. We had towels. We had the water bath. And then she works with a doctor who can skew your days a little bit. Because legally, I mean, you can't just like not have the baby if the baby's not coming. You know what I mean? Like there is yeah. a like a level of like responsibility. Like you have to go to the hospital. Like the child needs to be born. Right. So I was due June 8th. And so June 8th came and went. Is all this stuff set up in your house now? Mm-hmm. Like as of your due date or before your due date? It was about two weeks before that they brought the tub over and set it up. Um, obviously it didn't have water in it. I mean, typically when your water breaks yeah. and you start to go and, you know, to labor, mm-hmm. then you can start to fill the water because you're going to have some time. Well, what if your water breaks and the stuff isn't set up? Then what do you do? Then you don't have it in the water. You just have it outside of the water. You can be on the bed in any position you want. Yeah. There's a lot of positions that are, I mean, way better than what they do in the hospital because they say in the hospital, that's like having a baby up uphill, what you're doing. And so there's a lot of positions that, you know, that you can be in and and stuff like that. I, of course, wanted to be in the water. You can have the baby in the water through um, like a home birth. You can't at the hospital. They, they let you get in the tub, but they won't let you have the baby in the tub. So yeah, we were all set up. I guess the average time for a first time mom to have a baby is 41 weeks and one day. So it's, it's a little bit over 40 weeks. Mm -hmm. And so I hit 42 weeks. Oh gosh. I know. And so at that point you have to go have an ultrasound. They make you go in to do an ultrasound to make sure that the baby's not in distress. Mm -hmm. And then if he's not, then the doctor that works with the midwife is willing to skew your dates a few days. So you can just wait a little bit longer until you have to go to the hospital. At some point he will say, this is not safe. You need to go to the hospital. The morning of my ultrasound, I went to an office across from the hospital. So he works with the hospital, but it's just not at the hospital. Dr. Adams, his name, very rude doctor. And my water had broke that morning as I was getting ready. So I was like, oh, cool, right? But I still had to go get the ultrasound to make sure that the baby was okay. So my sister-in-law was with me and she's a chiropractor. So I had her as like my you know, mainstay. Mm-hmm. We both went into the room together. He was horrible. He was all about scare tactics. I mean, he knew mm-hmm. that I wanted to have a home birth. And I mean, he told me if I didn't go to the hospital, I was going to have a stillborn baby. That's <sighs> what he told me. Sad. Yeah. And he said, your amniotic fluid is, is very low. And I said, well, yeah, duh, my water broke. And he's like, it's a very small sack. He's cramped in there. He needs to come out. Like he was just, he was rude and he was crass. He had no bedside manners. Like, and if that was the scenario, that's fine. But I think that you can attack it in a much kinder way. I was totally willing to hear what his input was. Once he left the room, we then wanted to see it again. We wanted a second image, but he told me I would have to wait like three hours in the waiting room, literally. He may even have said four. So I was like, okay, we're going to discuss this. So my midwife is in Myrtle Beach. She's nowhere close. And so the doula is nearby. And so we're all talking, my mom, Greg, the midwife and the doula. And we decide that I should probably go to the hospital because 
I just want Jack to be safe. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I always knew it doesn't ever go according to plan. Right. And that was okay. I'm not willing to risk my life or his life just because I'm hell bent on the idea of having the baby at the house. And why did you want a home water birth? Did you Um, always want that? I don't know that I ever really thought about it, but I certainly wanted it for, um, I wanted to have the baby in the water. Mm-hmm. And I did not want to be pressured to do vaccines, and vitamin K and the hepatitis and all the things that they want to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be pressured to do that. So I knew that it'd be way more natural if I could just stay at home. That being said, we decided to go to the hospital. Even if you went to the hospital, did you think you wouldn't have used drugs? Like you just, the drugs were off the table? I didn't want them. So we drove across the street and walked up to the delivery floor and they're like, can we help you? And I was like, yeah, I need to, I need to have a baby. <laughs> and they're like, do you have a doctor? Do you have an appointment? And I was like, nope, not at all. So they're like, okay. So I just get like the doctor that's on call, you know yeah. what I mean? So I get in there and, and they put, they gave, me, they gave me this beautiful room, huge corner room. Like, cause I had so many people in the room. Like I had a photographer, I had <laughs> my mom, my sister-in-law, Greg, people in and out. It was crazy. Oh, my doula. She was there. Vanessa loved her. <laughs> and, you know, they're like telling me not to eat. My doula is like, that's crazy. She's buying me food, bringing me sandwiches, like giving me uh, like all these, you know, natural um, things for me to go into labor because my water's broke, but I'm not in labor. Like I'm at zero. So I ask if I can induce naturally by pumping my breasts because that will induce uh, a labor before they give me like misoprostol or Pitocin and yada mm-hmm. yada yada. So they say okay. So they acquiesce to that request, and they bring up the the machine that you know who you hook up to your boobs. Yeah. So for like six hours, I do this. Right. <laughs> I'm just like pumping my boobs. Like people are like in and out, and I'm just like bearing it all to the world. And uh, that doesn't start to get me going at all, really. And so then they they tell me they want to give me the misoprostol. And they want to give it to me, like, through vaginally. They want to give it to me. My midwife's like, no, 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 no. That is way too potent. You do not want to do that. Ask them to do it orally through your mouth. So I said, okay. So they have to order that through the pharmacist at the hospital. So they bring it up. The nurses are so nice. I mean, just, they are, they have on my chart, like, natural. Don't ask her for anything. I mean, they were so kind to my requests but my doula said that she would walk past like the nurse station and they'd be like she's gonna c-section i know she's gonna c-section right like they're they're, like taking bets yes yes like basically taking bets so six hours goes by i take the misoprostol and and nothing and i mean i'm now it's starting to get a little bit a little bit painful but not not too bad this point i'm still refusing antibiotics So that freaks them out because they did set up a tub for me. I was the first person ever to use the tub in that hospital. And they're freaked out because my water's broken like for 24, 30 hours. I'm Mm. not on antibiotics and I'm in the water, right? So they're literally like, it's it's just like seeing a bunch of doctors totally out of water because they're (laughs) freaked out. I'm, I'm hitting like the 36 hour, 40 hour mark and I'm in pain and it is not moving along. Why do they, do you know why? I do know why I do know why. And I never would have been able to have him at home ever, 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 ever. I was in some severe pain and I'm still refusing everything. So they're, (laughs) 
they keep hounding me about the antibiotics. So I said, can you just give me something so that I can think clearly? Because my uh, contractions are coming like every maybe 15 to 20 seconds and they're lasting like 45 seconds. And I'm just like writhing in pain. So they give me this drug. They're like, you're going to feel a little drunk. And I was like, okay. So they give it to me and they said, it doesn't last long. So you'll have some time to think. So I'm like, okay. So they give it to me. It kicks in. Finally decided to to say, yes, I'll take the antibiotics. They were freaking me out. And then at that point I said, will anybody hate me if I, if I have an epidural? And then I looked at my sister and I said, will you be mad at me? Because she's had three boys. The first one, she had an epidural, but the other two, she did not. And she's like, Heather, I had an epidural with Tyler. Like, it's fine. She's like, it's it's a spinal tap. It doesn't get, doesn't touch the baby. Like, you know, it's, it's fine. So I'm like, okay, I won't bring it on. Right. Two hours later, the anesthesiologist shows up. Two nurses are right here. They are on their little walkie talkies for literally like what seemed like 45 minutes going, where is he? And I'm saying prayers to Jesus because that's how painful I, I'm literally praying to Jesus. So he comes in like a bat out of hell, like literally corners around on like, a ee, you know, <laughs> so it kicks in. Right. And then, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah. It's a whole new world. Right. It was, but I also suffer from anxiety. Right. Mm-hmm. And so now I can't feel my legs. Yep. And that freaked me out mm-hmm. like a whole new hell because I was like looking at my legs and I'm like, I can't feel them. And so Greg's having to move my legs for me yeah. and I keep shifting to my right. They keep coming in the middle of the night telling me I have to shift to my left. The baby's heart rate's going down, not to a dangerous level, but yep. just they're uncomfortable with it. So I do remember the doctor comes in and it was probably three o'clock in the morning. And she says, I'm going to check you. I remember I looked dead at her and I said, if you say I'm not ready, I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do. Right. She just looks at me like, and it wasn't a threat. Like I was literally just saying like, I don't know mentally what I'm going to do. Right. She checks me. And and again, I'll never forget it. She looks at me and she goes, it's go time, girlfriend. And I just like literally chills. I was so excited. And then it was just like, so fast lights came out of the ceiling like did you have that where the lights came out I don't remember I know there were lights everywhere I mean lights? it was like a full-on production for sure yeah. a warming light like uh, yeah. doctors there was a doctor in training nurses like my photographer my mom my sister-in-law Greg's up here can be in the shout out to Greg best birthing coach in the planet of earth i mean he was just a rock and then uh, at 3 33 a.m that baby boy eight pounds eight ounces came on out and they they put him up on me and they allowed the the umbilical cord to stop pulsing i wanted to make sure he got all the blood from that and then greg cut the umbilical cord and, and but before they did that they put him right up on me and, and i remember i touched him and i was feeling okay i was like okay ten toes fingers ears like I was just feeling all the little parts that need to be there mm-hmm. and then I and then I sang um you are my sunshine no him. that's what I sing to Nilly every night and it calms her down too like if she's upset, was, she's like mama sunshine mama sunshine oh I sing it to him when he was in my belly all the time so that's the first yeah. thing I, I didn't even say hi to him I was just, the first thing I did was sing to him so that he knew like 
I'm still here, you know? Yeah. And all the nurses started crying. Yeah. It was, just, it was intense. Like it was a, um, a long process. And then of course, you know, they check him for a multitude of things and they ask me like, do you want the vitamin K? Do you want this? Do you want that? Yeah. I was like, my sister-in-law knew like that once that baby left my body, her new post was to never let that child out of her. And then when they left the room, finally, she gave him his first adjustment. And uh, so that was, I know, so cute. Man. I love it. Oh, so I will tell you why. So the leap that I had. Scar tissue. So the. <sighs> Me too. Yeah. Well, turns out that's what kept him from coming out. So he the had to scar tissue through the scar tissue. Oh my God. I didn't know that either. Well, the OB, she's like, you're not dialing. I don't understand. And she's like, hang on a second. Let me scrape it off or whatever. And I hadn't, didn't have an epidural at this point. That was the worst pain out of anything uh, that we did was her like trying to break the scar tissue herself. I almost made Ricky's hand bleed. I was digging my nails into his hand so bad because that was horrific. And then I told her again, I was like, if you have to do that again, I, that cannot happen until I have an epidural. Like there's no way in hell I'm letting you do that again. No way. It had to have been very similar. Cause that's how I felt. I was like, that literally was the worst pain of anything I've ever felt. And still to this day, yeah, that moment was the worst. Yeah. I've had all these horrible experiences, but then like the one time it was like perfect. Nothing went wrong. He was absolutely perfect. Yeah. Super healthy. And outside of just being a longer than desired delivery. I mean, nothing yeah. was ever, you know, emergency. They were never concerned right. with him or me at any point. Um, so that was, I think, a win. Thanks for hearing my story. <laughs> to be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.